Hello, I'm here with Daniela Greenwood. And I'm here with Murray Boise Barlin for another chat. How absolutely delightful. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. How about you? I'm pretty, pretty good. The weather down here in Melbourne's been weird, but I guess it's not weird because we expect it to be weird. So. <laughs> this is... There's a stereotype right there. Let's start with one. <laughs> I'm going to interrogate that. Are you making sport of me, Molly? I I'm, think you are. Oh, I've done it again. <laughs> because you care. And who cares? <laughs> Daniela cares. And Mori cares because we care. Oh, nice. Um, why women's bodies age differently to men's? What? Is that all about? Did you hear that? Yes, I did. Um, absolutely. Cassandra was fantastic and she is was. doing amazing work. Um, but it is scary to highlight how little of medical research and um, drug trials have been have included women. Even when they did their first test on rats, that it wasn't until 2016 until it had to be male and female. <laughs> male rats. I know. And they found out it was the male rat hormones in terms of the agitation that caused the problem in terms of repeatability. I just, it's just fantastic wow. work and I think um, important work. I can't believe it's been going 30 years, but, but believe even less that there's so few studies that, um, that have taken that long approach to finding out uh, about bodies and not just female bodies. Oh. I mean, her, that's her focus, but obviously she spoke about um, that in relation to healthy ageing. She, she talked about what you call an ever-narrowing window of time for us to turn around and to really think about what is the journey we're on. And, and just wanted to step back a moment because she talked about, and she talked a lot about, um, looking at research and having men uh, figure prominently in the research and not having women. Th this this is not just in research though, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this happened in the recording of our First Nations history where they recorded all the male history, but nothing of the ceremonies of women. And so lots has been lost in many areas. And so it was really good. And I think that was my biggest takeaway was that lesson uh, in research. But Coming back to your point. No, absolutely. Um, I, I think recognition that that has shaped so many of our institutions and and uh, and even attitudes and approaches to things. And it's definitely um, also affected how women think about themselves, I think, and how they see themselves and their own possibilities. But what I think is most interesting is how she's looking at healthy ageing now so that, that we're looking at the result of a lifetime of that kind of, of, of living, a lifetime, including a lifetime of kind of marginalisation or exclusion. But she was talking about that narrowing window. She was talking about middle age. What can people do in middle age in order to experience less chronic health um, conditions in older age. So she talked about eating well, mm -hmm. she talked about moving lots, mm -hmm. and she talked about keeping socially connected. And I really, really, really loved the way she talked about keeping socially connected because I think that is incredibly underrated in our health. And I think yeah. we're seeing that, particularly now under the COVID curtain, you know, we're seeing 
the isolation and the disconnection that we feel. But also under all that, I'm moving less. I haven't been swimming or doing yoga. My knee, that I've got a chronic knee injury, I haven't been exercising it. And so I'm really thinking about what she said. You know, if I don't potentially start to take care of those things mm -hmm. now, they will affect me later on. Yeah, I, I must admit I was thinking about that too because I went into the episode thinking I'd be hearing about how to care for older people, but it totally mm. wasn't about that. It's about us now and the things we can do. And the, at least you've got an excuse, Maury. You've got a sore <laughs> knee, so that's why you haven't been exercising. I, I don't, and I still haven't been moving. And you know what? <laughs> I didn't discover that you need to move in order to be healthy, less depressed, um, feel better about life. I didn't discover that in her interview. See, I've known that. And, that, and Cassandra pointed that out. She said, mm. it's really much the same message that we've been hearing for years, exactly as you just said, eat healthy, move more, and keep connected to your community. And so I think the real mess, I, for me, the takeaway is um, how many of us know that I I'm going to say I think most people would have some sense of that. Most most middle-aged people would have a sense of that. Would you agree with that, that you need to do those things? I, I, I did agree, and, it, and that really made me think. And unlike you, I mean, I do, I do know that I need to move. I've been thinking about it, but it really hit the hammer, the nail on the head for me. The, that hammer came down on my head. And, and I, I, I was thinking like what she was saying about, you know, vacuuming. Uh, chores. I was thinking about mowing the lawn. I was thinking about all these yeah, things yeah. that we do, you know, and like really, um, recently my, we, we talked about at home here, my wife suggested that we got a big yard and it's mm. very hilly and I struggle a little bit with the mower. I'm getting older, but she, she talked about let's get somebody in and I was like, well, no, that's really good exercise for me. And it was funny that two days later I listened to that interview and so it had a real impact for me and thinking forward, I think Really, as a society, we need to think forward. We don't think about older age. No. We don't like to think about older age. And this has been discouraged and, and there's a real focus on youth, as, as we know. So what I liked about this is we often think about ageing in terms of the frailty. We think, oh, it's, we get old. Oh, my knees, um, it's terrible getting older. You know, look, you can't move. But what I really, and I just, I, have, I, I know I'm repeating myself, no. but the whole thing about keeping socially connected really spoke to me. It really spoke to me because this is something, I mean, in my work, this is what I'm particularly focused on. And, yeah, and, and I think that this is really something important and it does have significant health benefits. So then we looking at what are the things that, what are the barriers people face to that? You know, um, barriers to, to that um, connection with people and connection to the community. Um, the effects of that are, being isolated, which which cuts you off from a whole lot of other things. Mm. And people have a right to be, you know, to to participate in their communities on an equal basis with others. So there's a whole lot of, um, rather than, oh, it would be nice for people if they were connected, it's now coming under right to health, <laughs> mm. not just, you know, right to participate on an equal basis. And 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 I think that she she clarified. And we 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 know about the hormone. We know what hormones do to our body, to our mind, to our health. We know 
we know that and we yep. know if we fill it for the cortisol we sit there worrying and ruminating on things that we're not it's not going to be helpful and it's a downward spiral but looking at health and looking at at, at what she she talked about um eating well mm-hmm. so you know you've you've worked on the floor you've been there you've you've been in a leadership role so you're talking about now food in aged care well, food in aged care, but what about mum and dad? Like I look at what my father was eating and I tried to really progress <laughs> the menu with what he was eating. You know, do I do I have the right to push that? Like what's good for him? We've do all, I know what's good for him? Well, like, we've all got the right to talk to one another, don't we? Like I've got I've got a friend who's really overweight, so that, so much so that I'm actually worried about her health. Mm-hmm. And we chat about it sometimes when she's comfortable with it. And I think when she's around me, she may eat healthier just by nature of being with me. I think I think if we universalise that, um, we could talk about old people, but let's keep the focus on middle-aged people yeah, for a minute because okay. I think that the, the solution will be the same. I've got to say I did a talk in um, to a group of health professionals in Sydney. I think it was at Ridges. There was about 500 of them doctors, nurses, you name it. And I said, right, I'm going to ask you to put your hands up and keep your hands up until what I'm saying isn't true for you. So I started off with Mm. hands up who had um, a healthy breakfast this morning. And a lot of hands went up, but some didn't go up. If their hands didn't go up for that one, you can't put it up again later. I said like, okay, hands up who's exercised at least three times for 40 minutes in the last seven days. So quite a few hands went down. I said, uh, keep your hands up if you haven't had more than two to three standard drinks at any one sitting. Heaps of hands went down. (laughs) Um, By the end of it, and these are really basic things that most of the community knows, by the end of it, there were about three hands up. Now, these are health professionals who Mm. know this stuff backwards, who know the effect on the human body. So how is that possible? And this is what help people in health promotion have been trying to overcome for years. That's why we see there's so many different creative approaches to not smoking, if you look at the ads. And even to driving safely, we see some really creative ads because people are trying to get to people's emotions and intelligence and so that they will, in middle age, start living in a way that makes them healthy in older age. The thing is, we just don't do it. A lot of people don't do it. A lot of people do it more than others. But it's it's no different to anyone <laughs> in the general community, to people in an aged care home. For I'm, me, I'm, I think, I'm hearing you speak to me right now and I'm thinking, wow, that, that's me too. I'm, I work in health. I see it. I, I, yep. And I am, you know, contributing to my own decline yeah, by, on a daily basis. By choice. But there's some things that you do that you enjoy. So health may not be health, you know, a particular kind of version of health in in 50 years' time may not be the only value in terms of mm. what's happening now. I don't know. It's really intricate. But I do know one thing that just because people change their address and move into a place where other people get to make food and move them around in wheelchairs, that those people shouldn't be the only people in our community for whom those good decisions are forced. Because imagine if the government started forcing you and said, right, in our shops, we're not going to have any junk food. You know, we're going to close all the McDonald's. We're going to close no more chocolate because it's bad for people. Can you imagine the public outcry? 
I love that idea. When do we start that? <laughs> it would be. It'd probably be a referendum, but whatever it would be, it oh. wouldn't just be a casual decision. You, see, you were be... getting. You are really coming along as the the candidate for Minister of Aging. I think Minister <laughs> for Aging and Health, and maybe I'm going to have a new one. You're going to be the Minister for Choice. I, I like that. <laughs> I think any curtailment of our rights should be the curtailment of everybody's rights, not just one group of people who find themselves in an aged care home. If we're all prepared, all of us, to live with certain amounts of restrictions, you know, there's those bottle tops that have, that are, you know, are child-friendly so children don't open them. There's, this, there's those kind of good, good paternalistic measures in our society that we all have to sort of live with and, and say, yep, Speed limits are a good idea. Seatbelts are a good idea. Whatever that curtailment is, it needs to be for everyone, not just for one group of people because then it becomes discrimination, even when it looks like we're doing the best for someone. So whatever we're all prepared to live with, that isn't discrimination, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I, you know where my mind just went, though? I was just where? thinking about, well, I was just thinking about COVID and vaccination and the pandemic and, and all the different variety of things that people think about COVID and, and the protest. I was just thinking, but that's another podcast. We should get Ash to talk about that. No, but it's the freedom. It's the idea that when people <laughs> even sensed that their rights to decisions were being infringed upon, people had marches. But this happens every day in aged care. It happens in, in the most normalised, institutionalised ways. We just need, when we have a discussion about people in aged care, we need to broaden it to the whole Australian society. Are you mm. prepared to live with that restriction on yeah. your rights? It's no different. So if anything, our rights need to be restricted in middle-aged. That's what I got from Cassandra's <laughs> talk. But, Maury, I loved something very, very much about her talk. The thing that stood out to me that really made me think of you was the idea of doing all of these things to um, – especially the moving things, she said, don't do things that make you miserable. If you're going to exercise or move, make it fun. If you're going to have connections, make it fun. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of what you do. Thank you. That is something that does resonate strongly with me. No, Nobody wants to do physiotherapy. I don't want to <laughs> spend five minutes on my knee. But I have a dog now, so I'll go walking the dog, and that's been a change. But... Thinking about my work, if I think of some of my elder buddies that are considered, you know, immobile, false risks, when I'm supported by the teams when I'm working and I'm playing music and we have people mm. up moving and dancing, um, that's, you know, they're actually moving and dancing yeah. and even in their chair and even in their layback chair, yeah. you know, they're moving and conducting with their hands, they're moving their – and so we've got social connection and we've got moving. And I'm thinking uh, also about walking. You know, yeah, when yeah. Um, someone uh, that we say one of the goals that's been set for one of my my elders is to to exercise and move more, mm. and that's so simple. I go, let's go out. What's that out there in the garden? And we, I invite, and we go out for a walk. I might strum the uke as we're walking to give some <laughs> sense of timing. I want that. <laughs> I want, well, you know, and I do, and and you know, it's interesting because in, under COVID, mm. I've been restricted to Zoom. Uh, when I went to Zoom, I'd become less fit than when I was doing window therapy ah, because I was active and moving. So it's also been been good for me. But 
But I, I was just thinking, like, there's a gentleman that I'm working with now, and one of our go- like, he wants to walk, so he went into hospital and was, uh, you know, immobile for I think two, two and a half months. All right. his muscle tone went. He's now in a wheelchair, and he wants to walk. Yep. So I've worked with his son, and his son said to me that dad won't do anything unless he gets instant results. If he doesn't get an instant result, he won't move. So now I'm strategizing and figuring how I do that with him and working with the physio who I just connected with. I know the physio there. And we're going to work out how we're going to make that happen. And so I think that, you know, like often in my work, you know, we often as as engagement specialists get caught up in the, the socially connected side of things. But one of the things that I'm really big on is moving Moving and touch, they're the two things I think are really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's where I'm heading in, in this direction. Yeah, there, there's it, lots of stories about moving. Isn't it amazing that what you drew on was um, a real part of his character, that all of his life he's sort of been a person who, mm. if I don't see immediate results, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And that formed part of you, you brainstorming around um, – okay, he really wants to walk again. And with that in mind, what can we do? Which is just fantastic. And, we've and got I, a, I don't think people I, know that, that that's no. the thinking. That And you've got that, to go back to the person. It all comes back to who is this person, yeah. what what keeps him awake at night, but what puts him to sleep at night as well, you know. like yeah, And yeah. what puts him to sleep at night is the thought of pineapples, right? He loves <laughs> pineapples, right? So he used to cut the top off the pineapples that he bought and put them in the ground and a few years later would eat those pineapples that he planted. So we've, well, my beautiful lifestyle person has planted a pineapple top in the garden for him. And yeah. so we are, I think, going to use that as our little decoy to draw him outside and perhaps get him out of that chair. I mean, that's where we're headed. But obviously that takes a lot of support. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, it all comes back to, though, like I'm just thinking, is what's good for him the best thing to do? You know, this is the dilemma. But you've already said he really wants to walk. Mm. I know plenty of old people who said, oh, love, honestly, I'm just not interested. And oh. I just, I, you know, and I'm, um, I, because I don't even exercise myself, why do I think I've got a right <laughs> to sort of say to this older person, you know, so I think you answered your own question in your story. He really wants to walk again. He's mm. got some issues with um, immediate gratification. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But you've already picked up those nuances. You're not saying, I look, you don't want to walk, but we want you to walk. Yeah, and it's about, it's about intention it's, and it's also about invitation. We've talked about this a lot, and I know you're a person that, that has that – that beauty as well that I th- and I think it's and I'm very proud to say that I possess that that I think I know how to invite people into not only engagement but it, it, into things that will benefit in some way um it's just the matter of how you do it I think um you had something you wanted to tell me about to do with a piano oh yeah oh no I, I was thinking about the fun the idea that when things are fun they don't feel like work and they don't feel like exercise and punishing your body. There's there's, um, there's something on YouTube, I bet you everybody mm-hmm. has seen it, but it's called the fun theory. 
What? And they did this test where they had this escalator next to a set of stairs and everyone squeezed on this tiny little um, escalator and nobody used the stairs. And so overnight they turned it into a piano keyboard. So when you, um, when you stood no. on it, it made a note. And then no. the next day they filmed it and 80% of people used the stairs and not the escalator. Oh, my God. So, so you've got to send me the link to that. Yeah, I will. It's, um, it's just it was a, it's a lovely short little idea that people do want to have fun and they do want to um, – and there was, they don't want to punish their bodies and do things that are good for them. People want things that have meaning. This is why I think too, like I've got a few colleagues that do, you know, a dance kind of, dance well-being is, is one of them. And it's kind of that idea that you, if you get people moving under the, you know, under the guise of dance and play and music, people, that, I mean, that activity is so good and so important. But, you know, like the physio always comes in and everyone goes, no, not the physio. <laughs> <laughs> Poor physios. Physios need to bring music into the they do, into their but, work. You know, there's a point. Sorry at which... to all the physios out there. I don't mean I don't mean that terribly, but I'm sure my physio said to me, "Mori, you don't five minutes is all I'm asking for." And I'm, I don't have five. He said, "You go get a coffee, right? You have a coffee every day." And I said, like, "Yeah." And he says, "Where do you get it? Do you make it?" I said, "No, I go buy it." He says, "You go buy it. That's fifteen minutes. You've got fifteen minutes to have a coffee and not look after your knee." <sighs> Coffee's fun. Yeah. See, they get you, don't they? But you still yeah. make your own choices. Oh, I do. Well, <laughs> I'm choosing you as my candidate. You are now the minister for candidate for minister for aging, minister for health, and minister for choice. Minister for choice. I've got to think about that. That's a lot of pressure. A lot uh, of pressure. No, no, you can, you can handle. Like, you know what? It'll be fun. <laughs> Mori, it's been fantastic speaking with you again. I so look forward to our discussions. And I, I really like where you take these discussions, I have to say. You know, I've got an idea of where I think they go, and they never do. You always bring something magical to the table with that big heart of yours. Thanks a lot. I know you care. <laughs> I know you care too, Boz. <laughs> Uru. Talk next week. <laughs>